I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. With me, Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell of Dogs 24-7. And uh, National Signing Day, the 2020 class is in the books. Georgia has the number one class, and we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to get. We're going to kind of recap what happened on National Signing Day, who Georgia landed, who Georgia held on to, get into maybe some of the underrated guys, some of the guys that maybe you can watch out for, uh, as as they get you know as they get on campus at Georgia and then uh, uh, here there at the end of the show we're gonna got a, got a little bit of a, a talking point for our guy Rusty Mansell here uh, but but before we really get into any of that guys I don't know what signing day this is for you I know for all of us we've got at least probably eight or nine under our belt uh, anything and I'll start with you Rusty anything that kind of surprised you about this one uh, it, it seemed to me a lot less dramatic than a lot of them have been yeah I mean definitely covering Georgia through Mark Rick through a couple of years with Kirby Smart um, you know good and and I would say bad if you're a Georgia fan at times this was a uneventful a uh, very successful day you know you wanted no noise um, no no um, you know they flipped um, Deron Branch got him and uh, got some guys in state and held on to Cedric Van Pran. And, um, you know, it's it, it was as good as it could possibly be for Georgia and, and their fan base to uh, really a surprising class. I know we'll talk about that a little more, but to, to end this deal the way they did uh, with the coaching changes and all that just really says a lot about Kirby Smart and the culture uh, and, and the staff he's putting together with guys that can recruit. How would you assess your? I don't know how. What what signing day is it for you, Kip? And how would you assess it? This is actually. I was actually just counting my fingers while you guys were talking about that. This is my fifteenth signing class. So, I mean, it's. I, I feel like I've really seen it all. I think for and this this year kind of just continues that. Just seeing a. Signing day go by with without really you know not having anything come back come at us that we weren't kind of prepared for. I mean we've we we always at this point we're used to expecting the unexpected with with our jobs and doing this. And I mean I remember the 2010 cycle. It was my first cycle full time on the job going to Union Grove High School and, and watching Jordan Aikens. Uh, announced his commitment to UCF over Georgia and and that kind of just uh you know that that was kind of just the the first eye opener that okay you know something something's not right here and and this is not the recruiting battle that you're expected you're used to to losing so 
you know, at this point, I think for, for Georgia and Kirby Smart, he's kind of gotten into this this groove where you, you really can't bet against him to, to put it all together and to, and to find a way to, you know, just fill it just about every hole possible on the roster and and maximize the talent acquisition aspect of being a head coach. And that's kind of what we've we've kind of just seen, you know, seen the culmination of this this cycle and just the past four or five cycles of of, of how Kirby is is making sure that, you know, he has a staff that can they can get, get out there and, and, and close in all these guys. I mean, I was at Lithonia High School this morning for five star offensive tackle Broderick Jones and you know that's one where usually coming into that final day, there's there's a lot more drama going on. I mean, we've we've covered plenty of them. We've had them in the you know in, in previous cycles, but we kind of knew going in that that Georgia had kind of locked this one out by you know making sure he didn't take that official visit to Auburn that the, the last weekend. So I mean, before he says the words, I'm still you know I'm still kind of just sitting there and. And, and making sure that, that he follows through, but there really wasn't a moment today where you know we weren't, you know, kind of expecting everything to, to unfold. I guess the the slight surprise may have been uh, Georgia flipping Ole Miss defensive back commit Darren Branch from from a high school in Louisiana. You know, we that was one that that Rusty had been really tracking. You know, Tuesday night and hearing more and more Georgia behind the scenes there, but overall just you know no surprises and uh top to bottom an outstanding class obviously number one class in the country but i mean just points alone it's the second best class georgia's ever signed so i think it's just uh you know an, another outstanding haul from from kirby smart yeah I, I think the surprise for me today was no surprises uh, th- there always seems to be one and i i really did kind of expect one i just knew something was going to kind of swing out of nowhere. I mean, George Pickens didn't come out of nowhere last signing day, but it was still a pretty big surprise. Uh, you know, r- like Rusty has said a bunch of times, he could have came out, shut it down with Auburn, and he didn't. And I remember uh, last year there was no Kirby availability on National Signing Day, so I had no reason to be up at the Bud Smear building. And, and uh, you know, everything was kind of going pretty slow. And and I was like, well, I can get a quick grocery tr- grocery store trip in this morning and, and get some stuff to, to make for dinner for the rest of the week and and uh i remember being in the kroger parking lot and getting a call and and you know i don't i'm not as tied in in recruiting as i used to be but somebody was like i'm pretty sure george is about to flip george pickens from auburn and uh i just uh i was like i checked my phone to see what kind of signal i had and i said all right hot spot here we go and uh, got a quick story ready and and uh sat on it and that happened but this was the ninth one for me and definitely the least dramatic uh, and and I think that's that's a good thing if you're a Georgia fan because everything went your way. Uh, it, there wasn't like a guy that Georgia was in on had a really good chance at that that you projected that Georgia was still really firmly in it that they didn't get. They held on to the two biggest guys left in this class and and two guys that I think are going to be fantastic players in Broderick Jones and and Cedric Van Pram. But uh, uh, want to discuss obviously the elephant in the room. And that's the fact that Georgia's got the number one class. Rusty, did you see this coming six months ago? Did you see this coming six weeks ago or even six days ago? I didn't. You know, remember Clemson had, you know, Clemson not only does a great job of recruiting uh, the top and the best, 
they do a great job of getting these kids committed early, and they had such a lead. Um, I, I just didn't think that Georgia uh, could get there. I'm just going to be honest with you. Now, I have said numerous times in, in, on our site that I thought Georgia was going to finish in a top three class, and I felt confident with that. And I said, listen, guys, what they get is going to be really good. So I, I don't think they got the bullets to get to number one. All of a sudden, you get through the National Signing Day and you start seeing things and you start seeing, you know, Broderick Jones, who winds up being a five-star, start seeing some guys moving up, start winning some battles. Uh, Cedric Van Pran moved up for us. Uh, Jalen Kimber, all those, all those movements counted. And, um, you know, I, I don't have the words, man. I, I'm not shocked, but I'm really surprised um, again, a testament to Kirby Smart and his staff for what they did, but but to finish number one this year and look, let's be honest, man. And Kip knows this. They they had some flat out misses in the state of Georgia. They lost some battles on some big time players. Uh, you didn't even have if you would have told me um, in August that Georgia was going to be number one and not have Eric Gilbert, not have Zach Evans. Any of those guys in this class, no way would I have thought it would happen. No way. Uh, just tells you how they finished and where they went. And um, truly, man, truly national to do what they did. Uh, again, not getting Eric Gilbert, uh, Will Anderson, Brian Branch, Miles Murphy in this state, that's not good. To finish number one is unbelievable what they did as a whole sample piece of the puzzle recruiting in this class and again it starts at the top man Kirby's smart you know I've heard people talk about him I've heard coaches that that work for him coaches that left that go to other places been around him that dude is a flat out machine absolutely non-stop recruiting all the time and he loves it you know that guy lo- there's a lot of people that's like man it's, you know it's tired this guy is wired to freaking recruit and, and it shows in the product it really does, and uh, uh, you know I, I, I'm interested to see you know to hear kind of what Kip says about this because I, I really you know I've heard you talk about it a few times, and and you and I have talked about it, but never really ran it over with Kip. What what do you think, Kip? Did, did you see this coming at any point? No, I mean you look at these the the final state rankings. Georgia signed two of the top ten in state players. And Rusty and I have talked about this multiple times. This cycle, we haven't really covered one like this. Where Georgia, I mean, they missed on guys in state. I mean, Zykevius Walker, obviously. And, and as you said, uh, you know, missing on Gilbert was a big one. But to only sign two of the top ten players in Georgia and still sign, you know, the number one class in the country, it's, I mean, it's unheard of for us. It's something we couldn't have predicted and really – uh, and that's including just guys moving up in the rankings in state like Will Anderson from Dutchtown. I mean, a huge move inside, you know, the top 100 in the final rankings. And, and you know, other guys they just weren't really in on like Miles Hinton. I mean, Philip Webb uh, didn't, wasn't really in on Brian Branch at Sandy Creek till the end. You know, didn't make a move on uh, Jameer Gibbs. But but really, I think. You know, the turning point in this cycle for Georgia, I, I feel, and really what pushed them toward that number one class was flipping Jermaine Burton. 
I mean, that that was the moment where they had a chance to do this because it was not someone that we anyone had really projected to Georgia at all throughout the cycle. And, and it was a guy that really, if you look at the points ratings in the class calculator on 24-7 sports, I mean, he's a guy that added 14 points to this class. That's and amazing. so, you know, looking at the final rankings, that, that was really the difference right there, him. You know, adding him into the fold and flipping him from LSU in the early signing period really put Georgia well positioned to kind of make a move here at the end and, and kind of locked them into a top three class. You know, assuming that they, they, they kept the both the offensive linemen that were verbal commits. You know, that was really big. It's not really talked about a lot because this class is so loaded. There are a lot of storylines. And then also Jermaine Burton just doesn't talk. So there hasn't really been a lot of follow up on you know, what happened with him and, and what happened behind the scenes. But obviously, Georgia continued to recruit him behind the scenes, got him on campus multiple times, you know, and, and really made a move for him in the final month, uh, you know, before the early sign period. And it was huge. I think him and, and then Dijon Edwards from Colca County, you know, the running back, uh, that's another key addition to this class, uh, adding him in, in January in the final month and adding that second running back to the class, that's the other moment that kind of really clinched it for Georgia, pushing them ahead of Clemson and Alabama for the number one class. And, you know, giving them the depth that they were looking for in the, in the backfield, a guy that Rusty's reported on multiple times, Del McGee had been recruiting him nonstop throughout the cycle, never, you know, stayed in contact throughout and, and has him really high on his board. Thinks a lot of him, And obviously, Super productive at Colquitt County and, and playing the, the best competition in the state of Georgia. It's a guy that comes in with a lot of production out of the Peach State. So those are just two guys that really kind of caught my eye. Just looking over all of this class and, and how it got to number one and kind of snuck up on us. Uh, those are the, the guys that kind of stood out to me. Yeah, and, and I don't think anybody can really argue that those two were you know the turning points? I mean, when you look back at maybe the start of the season, mid-season, you didn't really think, hey, George is going to get Trey Burton, George is going to get Dijon Edwards, and and they ended up getting both of those guys, and they you know like you said, they ended up being the difference. I you know six months ago, I would have said, nah, not really a very good shot at it, probably top three, but you don't really rule anything out six months out. Six weeks ago, I'd have said no shot, and then as it got closer, obviously it came down to one thing. Or one thing on Georgia's side, and one thing on on you know on Alabama's side, the number two class. If if Georgia was able to hold on to its two offensive linemen, uh, it, it was going to have a shot. But if Alabama got McKinley Jackson, it was done. And Alabama didn't get McKinley Jackson. Uh, he he goes to Texas A&M, flinging the door wide open for Georgia to get it. And then you know two four seven, twenty four seven was able to to project it uh, midday. I mean it wasn't. It was probably what one o'clock whenever they named Georgia the recruiting national champion, and and uh, you know having a number one class is huge. I mean, it, it helps for the next class. You know, I'm not one of these people that thinks that one thing lands a kid other than basically just relationships and making a kid feel at home. But when you can tell a kid, hey, we we've signed two out of the last three classes, number one classes. You know, they can say the rankings don't matter, but you can bet they're using everything they can in their to their advantage. And and I think that's one of the, one of those things is the is the recruiting rankings. And uh, you know, d to do it, and, and I'll echo the same things you guys have said to do it 
while recruiting the state of Georgia as poorly as they recruited it this year. And I don't want to say as poorly in really a negative sense, but just didn't go right for them in the state of Georgia. And to finish number one is incredible. It, it, it kind of makes you wonder how good of a, of a class, how many points can this staff put up in a class when they really ha- put the hammer down on the top ten. And we may get a chance to see that in 2021. Uh, let's take a break real quick. On the other side, we're going to talk about we're going to talk to Rusty and Kip about maybe some of the underrated guys that are in this class and uh, and kind of get to uh, to the end of the show where, where I think Rusty has got some stuff to say. Uh, but we're going to take a break real quick. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. All right, Kip, going to start with you. Give me a guy, maybe two, that you feel like Georgia signed this class that's underrated and, and, and may be able to make a little bit more noise than, uh, than, than maybe his ranking suggests. I'll go offense and defense. I'll start off with defense. I think a guy that you know may not come in and play right away, but a guy that I think can carve out a pretty good role for himself at Georgia is Nazir Stockhouse out of Columbia. I got a you know, I got a rep to cater since that's near where I, I live right now. Um, I got to get the local boy some love. I think he's a guy that, again, great size, pushing 6'4", 305 pounds. Uh, a guy that you can kind of mold into playing, whether it's D-tackle, nose guard. You can kind of play him a little bit, you know, across the line. But just the production he has as a senior for Columbia what really caught my eye. I mean, just uh, a team that – you know, usually pretty good, but but not really a, a team that we we pay attention to on an annual basis as far as just, you know, having a lot of success. But he really, I mean, he led them. I think he had almost 80 tackles. You know, he had almost 30 tackles for loss, nine and a half sacks. I think it's just how disruptive he was on film really caught my eye. I think that's an aspect of his game that, you know, I think Trey Scott could really mold into something and and get some production out of him uh, as not just a run stopper, but someone who can be disruptive, you know, in that front line. He's a guy, I think, again, in a D-line class, that's pretty, pretty solid once again uh, for Trey Scott. I think he's a guy that can really come in there and and find some playing time down the road and, and be potentially a starter at some point for Georgia. On offense, I got to go with Justin Robinson at Eagles Landing Christian Academy. Uh, this wide receiver class, we talk about just you know Georgia really needing to find some some pass catchers. It was part of this you know 
this season, this past season, you, you saw that they didn't have the weapons they had the year before, and it really affected the offense. You know, it became kind of the focal point, and they upgraded their talent at wide receiver in this class, definitely. I mean, they they hit in a big way, you know, adding Aaron Smith, adding Jermaine Burton, Marcus Rosamy, uh, and, and Lab McConkie as well. I mean, it's, it's an outstanding group, but Justin Robinson's a guy that, isn't talked about as much as the others. He's not as highly rated as the others, but 6'4", I think, you know, since he's got to Georgia, I've heard he's already added six pounds. I think he's up to 212 pounds now at Georgia. And just being, you know, enrolled early at Georgia plays a huge role in just him being able to get acclimated that offense and potentially earn some some early playing time. But he's a guy that we know Georgia really liked. They worked him out, you know, a year ago over the summer and loved what they saw, moved them high up on the board. Uh, and just his ability to to kind of win those contested balls. It's something that Georgia, you know, is always utilized in that offense. And, and I really think that Justin Robinson's a perfect fit for that, that they always have that guy that wins those contested balls and is able to box out opposing corners on the outside I think Justin Robinson can, can really be that guy, and I look for him to to really be a, a a rotation guy early on at Georgia, just because of him being there now, and, and being you know kind of a guy that has a lot of physical tools to bring to the table. A little raw right now as far as his route running is concerned, but you know learning the game, learning the position, I think that he's got a very high upside and is a guy that you should keep an eye on in a loaded wide receiver class for Georgia. Rusty, is there anybody that stands out for you in, in the underrated category? Uh, maybe you want to go offense, defense like Kip did? I'll go offense. I, 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 I was not at Under Armour. Kip was there, but I've watched some clips. I've watched some of his tape. Uh, I know that he dropped for 24-7 sports uh, in the last month in his rating. Industry-wide, he didn't drop. I think that, that Chad Lindbergh is a guy that's really not being talked about I know for a fact, talking to some multiple sources, he was very high on Sam Pittman's evaluation board, uh, and, and that was a guy that he targeted. That was a guy that he went to see multiple times in Texas. Uh, Matt Luke was able to keep that uh, verbal commitment. Here he is, you know, with a brother at Texas, and uh, you know, ultimately thought he might end up at Texas. Comes to Georgia. He's six foot six. He's three hundred twenty pounds. Um, I, I think Chad Lindbergh is going to be better than a lot of people think. And I think he is going to be – now, he may not do it as a freshman, and that's that's normal. But I think as you look down the line from now, and you remember Solomon Kinley wasn't that guy that really people talked about. Next thing you know, Solomon Kinley had five stars sitting on the bench behind him. I could very well see Chad Lindbergh uh, playing in the, in the offensive line rotation – you know, maybe year two and, and having people behind him that were much higher rated than him. I just really like what I see out of him. His knees nasty, uh, got some length, probably a right tackle, maybe even comes into a guard down the line. But uh, I just think that Chad Lindbergh is a guy that's not getting enough press, and I think he's going to be a really good player in Athens. Yeah, that's, Chad Lindbergh is a guy you don't see talked about a whole lot in this class. Uh, he kind of fits in that same category as a Jalen Kimber. 
uh, who who also doesn't really get talked about very much, but but has a very respectable, very high rating. Uh, it, you know, relatively in ter- when you look at the big picture, uh, you know, th- there are a few guys like that in this class for Georgia. I, I mean, I feel like Arian Smith in some ways is one of those, especially when you consider the fact that he's probably got the most flashy tool of anybody in this class when with with this speed. Um, you know, I, I, my guy, and, and I've, I've said this for a little while now, and it's just because of all the stuff I've heard about him is Austin Blasky. I know he signed in the early period, but but he's a guy with with tremendous length. And you just know, based on what based on what I've been able to learn about the kid, I, I have a hard time believing that there wasn't a world-class throwdown in Guyton, Georgia, the day that he had got a chance to sign with the Bulldogs. I know that that was probably a lifelong dream for him. I know he comes from a strong, you know, UGA background. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that he has all the tools when you talk about being a wrestler, when you talk about length, talk about athleticism, he's got it all. And you talk with Joe Winden, we all know Joe at National Preps, and, and he, he did a Q&A with me that was really good about uh, you know, kind of explaining why he thought Blasky was a big-time SEC prospect. And I'm interested to see how it all plays out because that offensive line, man, you see it every single year in the NFL draft. There are a handful, maybe more, guys that you're like, man, where did he come from? Or, you know, a, a, a guy that, that – like a Nate Solder or somebody that was a two-star prospect coming out or or maybe even lower, maybe even a guy like Elaine Johnson who was a quarterback coming out of high school. It's just they come from funky places. They they come from weird spots. You know, Georgia had Chris Terry who was a defensive lineman. Uh, I'm just interested to see how it all plays out there on the offense line. Cameron Kenny, a guy that Georgia grabbed today, uh, is another guy that I'm interested to see how it plays out for him. Is it offense? Is it defense? Uh, I'm just uh, it's it's there's a lot of intrigue there, and Georgia's got seven offensive linemen. Uh, five leaving the program, seven coming in, two definitely leaving next year. So there's a lot of moving parts on the offensive line. Uh, Rusty, I'm just going to let you handle this, man. I'm going to let you get something off your chest. <laughs> talk talk about talk about what you want to talk about. The floor uh, is uh, yours. Oh, man. It, it, you know, you would think, what was it, a year ago that I brought the great news that Georgia wasn't done on the early signing period. Just come on the board and say, hey, Georgia's not done. They get Stetson Bennett, and 37 pages later, I'm in camouflage hiding in the woods for about three days. Um, The board went nuts on me. We get a recruit this week, and I didn't write a front-page story on it. Didn't even mention it Friday. Didn't even mention it Saturday uh, that there was a committed elsewhere prospect on campus. Got into a thread Saturday around lunch. Maybe somebody goes, is there anybody on campus committed to somebody else? And I said, there just might be. I knew Friday night that Jackson was going to take, Jackson Muschamp was going to take an official to Georgia. He did not, they did not want that out there for a million different reasons. And he just wanted to take that visit in peace and not have a bunch of people think this had something to do with Jordan Birch. And if you'll go back last night when I posted his commitment, five, I think, out of the first seven replies were about Jordan Birch. Here comes Birch. Here comes Birch. That's why this wasn't talked about. And obviously, being Will Muschamp's son, there's a lot of different things there. This man wanted to take this visit in peace this weekend. 
and enjoy it. I didn't know if he was going to commit to Georgia and take the walk on. I knew he had a full scholarship offer on the table to be the quarterback at Colorado State in his class for them. Uh, that staff had offered him at Boston College. I came on there. People continue to ask me, is there a committed elsewhere prospect that could flip to Georgia? There were two. There was Deron Branch and there was Jackson Muschamp at the time. I came on yesterday and said it was not a very highly rated prospect, but but it is someone that's committed elsewhere. And if I had given you the position and name, obviously it would have gave it up. Jackson texted me yesterday about 6 o'clock. I didn't mess with him. I let him do his thing. Texted me about 6 o'clock and he said, I'm going to Georgia. So he asked me if I could write the piece. Uh, I have known Will since we were in high school. That was a very cool deal for me. Uh, to write that about his son. I competed against Will, football, basketball, and baseball. I've known him since we were probably 15 or 16 years old. I ran into Will at Oconee County High School about a week and a half ago. He he got on me about weight gain, and I certainly gave it back to him because we don't look like we did in high school, and we kind of laughed and shook hands, and that was it. Um, so, you know, really the board, you know, people – I saw comments like you're oh, you you hyped this guy. I didn't hype anybody up. I didn't hype the board hyped it up. You asked me if there was a person committed elsewhere on campus, and I said yes, th- there probably is, and there was. Rusty, uh, I'm I'm gonna stop you right there. You didn't hype anything on this. Well, the, I mean, I, the, I, I, a lot of folks got hyped up because there was all the stuff swirling around the interwebs that there was a big marquee yeah, flip coming. Sure. Sure, and no, that no. kind of got tied to oh, your no. thing, and no. and that no. created a little bit of that added a little bit of umph to it right there. Look, and look, I, it, none of this bothers me. I mean, I love our board, I love our community. When I called Kip and told him last night, I thought Kip was going to fall through his window. He at first went wow, and then he goes, "Oh God, Burts!" And then he put, "They're going to kill you," you know. And we kind of laughed about it. I saw a post saying, "I bet Jake and Kip are doing this right now." And you know, look, that was. It doesn't bother me. I just want to clear up where it came from and, and wh- what the thoughts were behind it. Uh, I- I'll tell you this, that, uh, you know, I took that serious because, uh, you know, when, when a young man calls you up and asks you to write his commitment story, I always look at it as a parent and knowing that, you know, one day his grandkids will see that story or, you know, hear the thing about him committing to Georgia. Regardless of what you think and the future for Jackson Muschamp, uh, that was a big deal because of getting more depth. Uh, you get someone at Kirby Smart's known since he was a young kid. and uh, But it was funny. It wasn't funny. It was just the board. It just took off, man. It just took off. And um, I just want to clear that up. So, so you know, it had it been a punter and a kicker, it's all hands are on deck. I'm going to have fun with that. I guarantee you. But something like that, I wouldn't do it to you. That's why I made it clear yesterday. Uh, that is not the individual that I have a recorded commitment to the University of Georgia on. Uh, I have a completed uh, video. The young man has seen the video. He has the video himself. And when he wants to release that video, which it could be tonight, it could be six months from now. That's not part of the process for me. I did what he asked me to do to film it. It's done. Uh, he's committed to University of Georgia. He is a highly rated prospect. I'll leave it at that. And there you have it, folks. Uh, the National Signing Day is in the books. 
Uh, Georgia's got quarterbacks galore now all of a sudden if you consider the four guys on scholarship. and Think, one. think, that, think about that, Rumi. We really need to talk about, like, Austin Kirksey's a guy. You know what I, I mean? know, right? I was about to mention him as a grad transfer walk-on. It's crazy that, uh, you know, you, we were probably sitting here looking at this room a couple of weeks ago and, like, man, they're going to have, like, Stetson Bennett and maybe Kip's got a year left. You know, I mean, it, we didn't know what was going on. Then you get Jamie Newman, and all of a sudden, you know, Brock Vandergriff commits. You get, you know, all these guys. At one time, that there was a thought that Chase Bryce might come to Georgia. Uh, so, I tell you, man, that that that's crazy what you mentioned there, Jake. Oh yeah, that, tons of them. I mean, when you add Muschamp into the mix with the you got the four scholarship guys in in Newman, Bennett, uh, Beck, and uh, Mathis, and then you add Kirksey and Muschamp into the mix, and then you throw in. If Nathan Priestley's going to stick around, I mean, you got arms for days during spring spring drills. I mean, you got you got almost as many quarterbacks as you do offensive linemen at this point, and that's why Georgia's bringing in seven in his class. And it's going to be fun to it's going to be fun to follow. Uh, obviously, spring practice is going to be about six weeks away, five six weeks away. Starts on March seventeenth. Uh, going to be a lull in, in between there, but we're still going to come to you. We're still going to be here with you at least once a week to talk about the storylines kind of heading into spring practice, what we're hearing, all of that stuff. But for this episode, this special National Signing Day episode, closing up the 2020 class for Georgia, that's all we've got. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. They're Kip Adams and Rusty Mansell. This has been the Junkyard Dogcast, and you guys can take it easy. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.